You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hello, hello, Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to the Same Old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Well, Brain, we made it uh, week one of the NFL season completely in the books. Week two underway. Already with the Cleveland Browns defeating the the Cincinnati Bengals, it's football season. It's fall. I know you're in Florida, so it doesn't feel like fall. But where I am in in Central New York, it it's beautiful, sun shining, temps in the the upper fifties. It feels like football season. I don't know what I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that, that that's a completely foreign uh, concept to me. This this mid fifties that you that you speak of, I I don't know anything about that. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, you're in uh, you're in South Florida, so you know, it's just basically there's hot and less hot. Right. Or you could also say there's hot and even even hotter. So you know, whatever. It's uh, pretty warm where you are, but it's football season, and that's pretty great. And your Miami Dolphins are gearing up for their second straight. AFC East clash to start the season. And it's their home opener. Going to be 13,000 rabid Miami Dolphin fans in Hard Rock Stadium as your Miami Dolphins take on the visiting Buffalo Bills. Are you are you fired up yet? Well, I mean, I'd be a lot more fired up if we were coming off of a victory in week one. Uh, now it's a little, it's a little dicey, to be perfectly honest. Well, I mean, it's, it's dicey in that if the Dolphins should lose this game, it puts them in a pretty bad spot in the division. But, you know, there's 15 games left after that. So it's not like, well, 14. Well, we have 14 games. There's 14 games left after that. It's not like it's not like we haven't seen this team before, you know, start out one way and end another way. Well, yes, but historically when this team doesn't start out well, it's because they're they're very bad and they are going to have a bad season. Uh and when they start out good, it's because they're mediocre. <laughs> That's true. That is sort of that is sort of the same old Dolphins credo. We we when we when we start out bad, we're going to be terrible, and when we start out good, we're going to be mediocre. And that's just sort although of- although the last two times we made the playoffs, I guess we started zero and two. So uh, yeah, maybe maybe there's something to be said for it. Well, and you know, and I think that this is a Miami Dolphins team that is at least the narrative that is that is playing out right now is that of a team that is on the rise that is building and is making progress so even if they should lose this game against buffalo and we'll get into it we'll get into talking about what the dolphins will need to do to win and what the, we expect to see out of the bills but should the dolphins lose this game you know as long as there are still some positive performances and that they're continuing to build you know, I think there's going to continue to be room for optimism. And again, remember, this is not the season where the Dolphins are expected to really compete, right? This is year two of the rebuild, <laughs> and I'm making excuses what a, already. What a Here preface, we go. What a preface to this show that we're already cranking up the excuse machine for us be, about to be uh, 0-2, and, and it, we're not even – this is the preview show. Listen – there's there's every possibility, any given Sunday, every possibility the Dolphins could win this game. 
Unsend. You you don't sound like you're brimming with confidence coming into this one. Well, I mean, brimming with confidence is certainly not how I would describe my attitude towards this <laughs> well, football you, game. I don't. I, I mean, I, mean, I think you that's sound, pretty clear. You sound downright, you know, resigned to we're going to start zero and two. I mean, I feel like that is likely what's going to happen here. I, I mean, I don't. I, you know, we usually save our predictions till the end of the show, but. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard for anybody to listen to the first five minutes of this podcast and not already know where your head's at. Well, listen, maybe you'll change my mind. That's what you do, right? You're the brain. You're going to take it from an angle that's going to change my mind and make me feel differently. But anyway, no pressure or anything. No pressure. No pressure at all. But we're going to we're going to take. We're going to we're going to break this game down. We're going to take a look at it here on the show, but before we do that, just a reminder if you haven't done so yet to give us a follow on Facebook or wow, we'll start with Facebook. facebook.com/sameolddolphins. Uh follow us on Twitter at @sameolddolphins on Twitter. I am at Amplified to Rock. He is at Aaron the Brain. That's A A Ron the Brain. And uh, of course, you can find every episode of The Same Old Dolphins everywhere you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We invite you to leave us a positive rating and a positive review. Don't just give us a Same Old Dolphins kind of mediocre review. Give us a, a five-star review. Uh, it helps us out. helps other people find the show. Of course, I'm sure as you're listening to this, you're just filled with confidence as well about where we're headed here. But take your time. Take, take a moment to do that. Listen, the, the fact is we're always trying to give you a realistic view of where this team is. We're not trying to sugarcoat it. We're not trying to make you believe something that isn't there. We're, we're, we're being realistic. Um, and you know, and listen, if you want to go and leave us a rating and be realistic on your rating and say, these guys are perfectly fine. (laughs) That's, that is, that is exactly correct. That would be the most accurate, uh, assessment, the most accurate review of our show. These guys are fine. Yeah. These, these guys are fine. Whatever. Listen, we hope we, we thank everybody for listening. Whether you agree with us all the time, whether you don't agree with us, we're glad to have you as part of the same old Dolphin Show family and part of the DolphinsTalk.com family because every episode of the same old Dolphin Show is available on DolphinsTalk.com. So hope, uh, make sure you're visiting DolphinsTalk.com every single day for all of the latest Miami Dolphins news and information. We've also got our, uh, Dolphins Talk staff pick em where we, we, we select uh, the winners who we think is going to win every game, every week. And uh, we'll talk about, there's not, <laughs> most, most everybody this week is on the same page. I think there's only three or four differences and like almost every game this week in the NFL, we've all picked the same team to win. But uh, I can say that after week one, me and Tom are atop the Dolphins talk staff rankings we're uh we both went five and three in week week one the brain and big e both went three and five and uh mike was bringing up the rear going two and six in the opening week so uh we'll see if mike can climb out of a hole it's gonna be difficult with almost everybody with almost every game looking exactly the same but we'll we'll get into those picks uh at the end of the show before we get out of here let's take a look at this dolphins buffalo game coming up this weekend so uh, Brain, we'll start where I think we have the most obvious sort of issue and, and the place where I think the Dolphins are going to need to, well, there's a couple of places where the Dolphins really need to improve. One of them is run defense, but we'll get to that in a second. Let's first start on the offensive side of the ball. Do, the, I think there is a possibility, Brain, and maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. I, there is a possibility that the Dolphins may have a bit of success against this Buffalo defense because Buffalo is a sort of team that likes to live in more of a zone sort of set. And it's going to be up to the Dolphins to find those soft spots in the zone and try to use some of that speed, try to get Jakeem Grant involved in this offense, trying to find some soft spots in the zone and trying to find a way to turn a little play into a big play against this Buffalo defense. It's now, of course, much easier said than done. The other thing is that this offensive line is going to be tested, I think, a lot more than they were in the New England game uh, against this Buffalo defensive front. And, you know, so if the Dolphins can find some soft spots, get some crossing patterns and those sort of short to intermediate routes to sort of 
chunk chip away and get some you know sort of smaller chunks down the field against this Buffalo zone there might be a route to success there and of course that's sort of how Chan Gailey's offense has has largely been working so far for the Dolphins and then the other part of that is figuring out a way to get that running game going and, and well that's really where I guess we need to start because this Dolphins offensive line is going to be facing a test against this Buffalo defensive front brain. They are. And look, the the biggest thing here is that Buffalo is going, Buffalo has a couple of guys in, in Ed Oliver and in Jerry Hughes that can definitely that definitely live in the backfield. They, they make a living beating, beating their man and, 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 and wrecking the, the backfield and getting after the quarterback and, and getting tackles for losses. And the Patriots defense isn't really built in that same way. And with all the, the turnover that the Patriots had in that regard, I think that there was even less, uh, emphasis on that and and you look you have to commend the the Dolphins offensive line you have to commend uh the rookies Solomon Kinley and and Austin Jackson for basically you know pitching a clean sheet and uh the the offensive line which came into the season is probably the biggest question mark if not on the whole roster certainly on the offensive side of the ball uh generally played pretty well in that week one game this is going to be a bigger test for them um there there are some one-on-one matchups that that I just I think could be very problematic I think uh whether Hughes you know, strictly comes off the right side and is going up against Austin Jackson and, you know, or, or if they move him around and he's coming off the right side and going against Jesse Davis, uh, either of those matchups, uh, it's either a huge test for Austin Jackson or it's, it's a mismatch that we know is a mismatch, uh, for, for Jesse Davis. And then the interior of the offensive line is going to have their hands full with, uh, Vernon Butler and Ed Oliver. Uh, it's a very good defensive front for the Bills. Um, but the, the strength of the Bills defense is their secondary with Tredavious White, uh, who is, one of the truly elite corners in this league, uh, a pair of safeties and Jordan Poyer and Jordan and Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. Uh, like they, they may have three pro bowlers in that secondary. I mean, the, this is a secondary that's, that's deep and it's built, you know, similarly to, to what the dolphins have. And it's when you look at what, I mean, it's not necessarily the same kind of scheme that the dolphins run, but when you look at it from like, what are the dolphins trying to build? They're trying to build a defense that has this kind of talent, this kind of star power on it. The good news is that the bills have a little bit of an injury issue right now at the linebacker spot. Uh, two of their starting liner linebackers, Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds, are out for this game. Delshawn Phillips is a guy that, you know, is kind of a sub-package linebacker for them, and he's out as well. So they're very thin in that area. So I think there are going to be opportunities here if the Dolphins' offensive line can win their one-on-one matchups. I think there's some some opportunities to run the ball. I also think there's some opportunities to, like you said, crossing routes underneath stuff where we can get these linebackers in coverage. I think this is an excellent uh opportunity for us to really utilize Matt Breida, who he brought in as a trade, and he didn't see much work in that week one game against the Patriots. I think you try to get Matt Breida in space lined up against one of these linebackers and you can really exploit a matchup there. I think that's that's going to be the trade. Uh, another guy that I think could have a big game is Mike Gesicki uh, because you get Mike Gesicki lined up on a linebacker and you could be in for good things. I think you've got to play, you got to figure out a way uh to, to make Buffalo respect the deep game. So I think that means, uh, Jakeem Grant probably needs to be on the field or in this game. The big question mark for the Dolphins on offense 
I mean, I guess there's a few question marks, but I think the biggest one coming into this game is simply from an injury standpoint, whether or not Devontae Parker is going to play, uh, because he came out, uh, I guess it was early in the third quarter in week one with the, the aggravated hamstring injury. Uh, he missed the, the first day of practice and he was a limited participant on Friday. So he's, he's still listed as questionable and it's got that feel of one of those game time decisions where they're just going to like, they're going to wait and see. They're going to keep giving him treatment and they're just going to see how he feels Sunday when it, when they, when they take the field. And it might be one of those where we don't really know until right up to game time. Yeah. It's, it's, it is a, the standing question because, and it's going to be one that makes a significant difference in how this team rolls forward. Do you, do you really don't have any sense of it at this point, do you? You really don't. I mean, Look, they're they're going to play it close to the vest. Brian Flores is from that Belichick camp that they're not going to give you much. The all he's all he's really told the media is, look, Devonte uh, is doing everything he can to get back out there. Uh, he was a limited participant in practice, and that's really all you can go you can go on. I mean, if if he was a full participant in practice, then you would feel pretty good about him playing. If he if he straight up missed practice, then you'd feel pretty strongly that, you know, if he didn't practice on Friday, that he's not going to play. But when they're, when they get that limited tag in practice on Friday, that's when you get these, you know, these very murky statuses. And I don't think we're going to find out. I mean, Brian Flores doesn't have to say anything about it. I mean, let the bill, let the bills prepare for him, even if they have no intention of playing him. Um, but I'll say this. If you're going to attack Buffalo on the perimeter, you're going to want to go away from whoever Tredavious White is covering and taking away your best receiver is really going to hinder your opportunity of doing that because now Tredavious White is, look, it's not like Tredavious White is, I mean, he, he may not shadow, like let's say Devontae Parker doesn't play in this game. I don't know that Tredavious White is going to shadow Preston Williams or anything like that, but it's just, it's limiting the amount of options that we have there. And it's not like this is a super explosive Dolphins offense to begin with. I mean, this is an offense that, put up 11 points last week. That's true. That's true. And of course, we know Devontae Parker's history. So it's one of those things where he he is not exactly a guy who has a reputation for being able to gut it out through an injury. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, look, the guy played all 16 games last year. I'm sure he wasn't 100% the whole season. He got, he, you know, he, he played through a hamstring that was bothering him going into week one. He looked pretty good and he came out. Um, he's now like fighting through this injury, tr- clearly trying to get out there. If he wasn't trying to get out there, he wouldn't have been a limited participant in practice. Uh, I think that this might be one of those situations where he's kind of fighting against his reputation. Uh, and his history, and he might be doing it to his own detriment and to the team's detriment. And this might be need to be one of those times where Brian Flores looks at it and really, you know, leans on his doctors and says, look, how healthy is he? If he's not 100%, is this an injury that can just get re-aggravated again and linger week after week after week after week? And instead of this being a two-week injury, this turns into a season-long thing, if that's the case, then I think you need to proceed with caution here. Look, I'm I'm all for guys gutting out uh, through an injury, but the last thing that the Dolphins want, and the last thing we want as Dolphins fans, is Devontae Parker playing at 60% and having this injury linger on for the entire season. Exactly. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm completely on board with you. So it's it's ultimately up to, you know, Brian Flores making the right decision. If, if, if listen, if, if, Parker can go out there and be Devontae Parker, the Devontae Parker that he has shown us last season that he can be, then great, go out there and do it. If you can't, it's just not worth it at this point in time for him to go out there and 
potentially risk worsening the injury. If so, if we have to do it without him, we'll figure it out. I mean, obviously, the ideal situation is he's is he's out there and taking some of that attention away from Preston Williams and away from Jakeem Grant. Although Ryan Fitzpatrick has shown uh, that he does not exactly like to throw the ball to Jakeem Grant, but you know, taking some of the attention away from all those other guys. As long as there's somebody else that the Bills have to be aware of, that's going to hopefully open things up offensively for the Dolphins. And I think it could be an opportunity for Isaiah Ford to get on the field and and show. I mean, this was a guy that that really produced for Miami in the last few games of last season. Was really one of the talks of of training camp from the, from the beat reporters. It was a guy that was consistently getting open. That had a rapport with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So. I, I look, if Devontae Parker can go and he can be himself, then great. But if he can't, look, it's going to be a next man up mentality. Preston Williams does a lot of the same things as Devontae Parker. So you could basically, you know, just sub one in for the other. And then Isaiah Ford just kind of plays the the other perimeter spot, unless it's Jakeem Grant. I mean, that that's ultimately up to Chan Gailey and Brian Flores and how they decide to use him. Um Somebody did ask the question to Brian Flores about Jakeem Grant, about are there special packages or ways to use him? And Brian Flores' response to it was simply, Jakeem Grant is a receiver. There's no special pra- uh, no special packages for him. Uh, he's he's going to run the routes that, that we ask him to run, just like any other receiver on the roster. So if they feel that confident in him, there, there's a chance that that means it's uh, – Look, if, if Devontae Parker doesn't play, then it, it's going to be mean more snaps for Isaiah Ford. It's going to mean more snaps for Jakeem Grant. Who gets the lion's share of those? Who gets the targets? That remains to be seen. My guess is the guys that would get the biggest uptick would be a guy like Mike Gesicki, who I think showed a lot, not just last season, but even in week one when they did throw to him, he came down with a couple of big catches, a couple of really nice high degree of difficulty catches. And again, I think Chan Gailey is a guy who over his career as an offensive coordinator has really excelled in that screen game. And this feels like a good week to utilize that one, because you can slow down that Buffalo pass rush and two, because you could potentially be getting uh, your running backs, a guy like whether it's Matt Breida or Miles Gaskin, speedy guys who can do a lot of things in space, get them lined up on linebackers. And that could be your key to getting those big explosive plays that, that we didn't see in week one. Yeah, well, we'll see how things open up and and what the Dolphins are able to do offensively, depending on who is able to go, whether it's maybe it sounds like we're not on track to see Malcolm Perry or, or Lynn Bowden just yet. But uh, those guys are coming along. We'll, we'll see what the Dolphins are able to put together. A lot of this is also going to depend on Ryan Fitzpatrick having a little bit better ball game this Sunday than he did last week. And hopefully Isaiah Ford, who is another guy who has had a little bit of a lackluster performance in week one, can step it up on the offensive side of the ball. Let's move to the other side when Buffalo has the football. And again, we find ourselves with the Dolphins facing a team with a young, athletic quarterback who can throw the ball, although accuracy remains an issue with Buffalo's quarterback, Josh Allen. But this is a quarterback who has the ability to run. And we said this last year that we expected Buffalo to run the ball and to have some design runs for Josh Allen and that that would give the Dolphins some problems. And especially after Buffalo is going to be looking at that tape of what the Dolphins did against New England last week. And it's hard to imagine that Buffalo isn't coming out here and attempting to do something similar specifically because they have the tools to do it with. So how did the Dolphins adjust to stop the the running attack that Buffalo has with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, as well as the threat of Josh Allen running the ball? Oh, and by the way, they also have Stefan Diggs 
and John Brown and Cole Beasley, guys who can get open. Now, of course, the Dolphins have a very good defensive secondary. They are currently the number one pass defense in the National Football League. A lot of that has to do with the fact that New England just didn't need to pass the ball very much in week one. But how do the Dolphins deal with all of the weapons that Buffalo has available to them on offense? They are going to need to not get pushed around up front. I mean, they're going to need to be able to set the edge. They're going to need to be able to keep Josh Allen in the pocket, uh, not allow him to get to the edge, not allow Singletary to get to the edge. And then when Buffalo decides that they want to run up the middle, look, they're going to need those defensive tackles, uh, whether it's Dev- whether it's Devon Godshaw or whether it's Raekwon Davis, they're going to need them to play better. Jerome Baker, look, it's hard to say you need him to play better because when you look at the stat line, he he it looked like he had a pretty good game. But look, a lot of those tackles that he was making came, you know, five yards <laughs> after the line of scrimmage. We need our linebackers to be getting in there and, and making run stuffs in this game. Well, we need the defensive line to be getting run stuffs. And I think the onus is going to be on them immensely because even though Buffalo typically wouldn't run as much zone read as the Dolphins saw last week, after seeing the problems that the Dolphins had against New England with all that zone read, I think Buffalo would be nuts not to come back with with all with a bunch of zone read just to find out if the Dolphins can stop it. And if they can't, just do the same thing New England did. Just just run it right down their throats. And that's what I expect Buffalo to do. The thing with Buffalo, though, is that they have significantly better weapons on the edge. And Josh Allen, at this point in his career, you could make the case, is is a better thrower, a better passer than Cam Newton. So it really makes this Buffalo offense much more multifaceted and multidimensional than... Uh, than that New England offense that we faced last week that gave Miami such problems. But if Miami can stop the run, I think that's the foundation for it all. I think at that point, they can lean on the guys that are making the money to to lock down their guys. Ultimately, I think, look, you're paying Byron Jones a lot of money because he's a great man corner. You're paying Xavier Howard a lot of money because he's supposed to be a great corner. You drafted Noah Igbenogany in the first round because he's a great man corner. You you invested a lot of capital, both free agency and draft capital, on these players in your secondary. This is where they have to earn their money because the Dolphins probably have to put uh, consistently seven guys, if not eight guys in the box, uh, to, to handle this, uh, this Buffalo offense. And the problem with that is that when you look at what Buffalo did last week to the Jets, Buffalo, it was, it was something like, something like, like, like about 80%, 85% of their plays, their offensive snaps were in either 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, or 10 personnel, one back, no tight ends, which means three receiver sets, four receiver sets. They're trying to stretch out the defense, spread out the defense. And if they do that, it's going to be very difficult for the Dolphins to put seven guys in the box. Otherwise, you run the risk of having a linebacker uh, you know, in coverage against a speedy slot guy like a Cole Beasley. And that's that's a mismatch, and that's something that Buffalo will exploit. So it's going to be a game of cat and mouse. The Dolphins are going to need the defensive line to hold their own. They're going to need their linebackers to come up big and make some plays. And we're going to need guys like, you know, whoever is... I, I think one of the intriguing... uh decisions or strategies coming into this game that I'm looking forward to watching is when the Dolphins are in the the nickel and dime defense against this Buffalo receiving core uh where the you know where they're going to have Stefan Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley, occasionally they're going to have Isaiah McKenzie as a fourth receiver, might even be Dawson Knox who's a tight end but they can line him up as a receiver. Uh 
You could have, you know, uh, Devin Singletary, the, the shifty running back. He could line up as a receiver. When they have this, who's going to be covering the slot? Uh, is it going to be Noah Igbenogany? Are they going to leave Noah Igbenogany on the outside, move Byron Jones to the inside in the slot? Are they going to bring up Brandon Jones? Is Brandon Jones going to be responsible for covering the slot? It's going to be interesting to see how Josh Boyer and this Dolphins defense really plans to for for these these personnel packages that Buffalo is going to throw out there but ultimately regardless of the the personnel packages that are out there it doesn't matter if the defensive line cannot stop themselves from being pushed off their spot if the defensive line cannot set the edge because then what you're going to see is you're going to see the same thing you saw last week which is you're going to see Josh Allen running for probably 80 yards uh you're going to see these running backs getting you know big chunks of yardage on the ground and they're going to keep doing it and keep doing it and then when you go back and look at the stats at the end of the game you're going to see another buck 50 or 200 uh yards rushing and and that's if if that happens and the Dolphins have no shot at winning this game. Yeah, that, that's sort of what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that the, you're, we're going to see the Buffalo Bills put up big numbers on the ground against the Dolphins' defense. Hopefully, the Dolphins have been able to make some adjustments and are able to slow down the Buffalo running attack. But it's prediction time, Brain. What you got? All right. So this was a game. I will remind everybody that in the preseason, you predicted the Dolphins were going to win. No, it wasn't. Was it not? No, I predicted we would win the Patriots game. Uh, I every everybody predicted that we would lose the Buffalo game. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, what's your prediction? Spoiler alert. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I believe that the Dolphins will clean some things up. I think. Going through what they went through last week, seeing it on film, knowing, look, yeah, should they have had a pretty good inkling that that was going to be coming with a Cam Newton Patriots team last week? Yeah, probably, maybe, but at the same time, there was a degree of uncertainty there because you hadn't seen Cam Newton in a Patriots Uniform. You hadn't seen a Patriots offense with Cam Newton. So there was at least a little bit of an element of surprise. The Bills are running the same offense that they ran, you know, last season when the Dolph, when Brian Flores was here and, you know, the Dolphins played them twice. So they've gotten good looks at him twice. So they've got tape on him from those two games. They've got tape on him from last week. So. And then that said, they've also got their own tape looking back at what they did wrong against New England. So I think there were a lot of teaching moments and there's a lot of film to go, to go off of. And I think there, there's reason for optimism there that the Dolphins should improve defensively. That said, I still don't think it's a great matchup for them. And I think there are just physical limitations there to where this is not a great matchup. I just don't know that. The defensive line that we have right now is able to go toe-to-toe. But then again, this Buffalo offensive line, it, I, I don't know that this Buffalo offensive line is as good as the Patriots offensive line. So there, there's room for optimism there. I think the Dolphins defense will do a decent job in that regard. But I think a little bit of the cat and mouse game where we're trying to, you know, account for those receivers could thin could thin us out it could make us very susceptible i think josh allen will have some very successful plays running the ball uh just out of the zone read of course the, there's always the chance that he's going to you know break out on a 20 to 30 yard scramble and you have to limit those so you really have to contain them and you have to it's one of those tricky things where you want to be coming after the passer to get rush to rush the passer, but at the same time, you need to contain Josh Allen and you need to keep him in the pocket. And it's almost like, look, you want Josh Allen to try to beat you with his arm because if you allow him to beat you with his legs, he will. So I in that regard, you you, you kind of you you want to contain him and you want to make him throw into the teeth of our defense. I don't think Buffalo look, I I 
I wouldn't be surprised if they look at that tape from last week and they say, look, the, the Patriots had a lot of success with the, the zone read and hitting Julian Edelman in the slot. In some regards, Cole Beasley is a very similar receiver to Julian Edelman in that regard. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the, if the Bills throw a, you know, a good portion of that in their game plan. But Cole Beasley is typically not their go-to guy. It's not like with the Patriots who don't really have great options on the outside. So they default to Julian Edelman. The Bills want to get the ball down the field. They want to get the ball to Stefan Diggs. They want to get the ball to John Brown. So it's a different offense. And so we're going to find out, in my opinion, we're going to find out a lot more about the Dolphins secondary, where which I feel very confident in. I will know a lot more after this week, but if the Dolphins can do a decent job of just containing the run, we know that Josh Allen is a guy who in his past has had an issue with turnovers. He hasn't always been the most accurate passer. He hasn't always been the best decision maker as a quarterback. So if you can get them into passing downs, maybe then get some pressure, but again, still contain the pocket and not allow Josh Allen to scramble for first downs on third and long. I think there's there's an area here and there's uh, a decent chance that the Dolphins could be looking at getting some turnovers. And if the Dolphins can start fast on the other side of the ball, then I think there's an opportunity to win this game. That said, I don't have a lot of faith in our offense right now. Um, I think there are opportunities there. I think if the Dolphins can get off to a fast start, if, if they can get Ryan Fitzpatrick into a rhythm and we can play with a lead, early in this game, then I think we can have an opportunity to hold that lead, force the Bills to make some mistakes, and we'll be looking at a really close game coming down the stretch, and then we just find out, you know, if the Dolphins have what it takes to hold on. But if the Dolphins fall behind in this game, like we did against the Patriots, I think it's a recipe for disaster. I think the Dolphins hang around in this game. Look, it's a home opener. Buffalo, historically, does not play well when they come to to Miami in September. Uh like, you know, I I think we're looking at a at a pretty close game, but ultimately, I just think Buffalo's roster top to bottom is just is just better and deeper. And so, I'm picking Buffalo to win this game. Uh we'll say 24 to 17. I will say that the last time Buffalo played in Miami in September. Uh, they defeated the Dolphins 41 to 14. Historically. <laughs> Historically. Um, well, you, you can't take one game and, and define history with it. Of course, it's the small sample size game. Can't do that. Um, I can say that the last three times the Dolphins and Bills faced off, the Bills have won 37-20, 31-21, and 42-17. So the Bills have, in this kind of recent stretch, they've. it looks like they have won five of the last six over your Miami Dolphins. And I unfortunately believe as I'm this is probably going to come as a surprise if you've listened to the whole episode this thus far but it's something that I believe is going to continue because I believe the Bills are going to get a win over the Dolphins here I just listen I'm a I'm a prove it to me guy and I can't go out on a limb and say the Dolphins are going to be able to stop this Buffalo offense until they've proven to me that they're able to do that kind of thing. And and based on their week one performance against the Patriots, I have concerns and I think that the Bills are going to be able to move the ball, not at will, but fairly easily. That said, just like you said, the Josh Allen is a volatile quarterback who is capable of turning the ball over at a moment's notice. Devin Singletary is having some fumble issues. There is the possibility that there may be turnovers in this game, and it's really, if the Dolphins are able to force turnovers and convert, they've got an opportunity, and there's a chance. But ultimately, I just am not convinced that the Dolphins have what it takes to go toe-to-toe with the Bills and outscore them and end this and you know by the time the final whistle goes on Sunday afternoon that the Dolphins have managed to score more points than the Buffalo Bills so I'm predicting a Buffalo win here and now I asked everybody on Twitter as as I were doing a new segment this year before each game we'll ask the folks on Twitter to share one hot take with us that they have 
about the upcoming game. And we got some interesting ones from the Twitterverse. Uh, Rob Hilbert says, Miami is the better team. Uh, based off of what? I, this is the, he, this is all he said. I'm just telling you. A, I'm just telling that you. That is he a said. hot take. It, it, well, it's what we asked for, right? Yeah, uh, Lex Diamond Seven says Preston Williams will have a breakout game, and the defense is going to flex its muscles. Okay, that's two hot takes. That's fine. <laughs> Accept it. I like it. I like it. This next one uh, from uh, at Runnin' Reb D Humes, BYUNLV fan, says Miami intercepts Josh Allen three times in the game. That one I can see. Yep, very. I mean, I suppose I, I suppose I could see Jerome Baker flexing his muscles too. Very, very possible. Uh, at Three Kids Are Blessy says. It was embarrassing how they were run on last weekend. I'd be surprised if they don't man up and put up a fight this week. Having said that, Buffalo has too much talent. Our chance is if they melt in the heat. Having said that, Buffalo wins a close one, but we're getting there. And finally, there's a little optimism there. And finally, the last one comes from Don Sean, at which an incredible at. His at is at underscore all good. And he uh, tweets two words, two a time. Uh, not maybe, but I, I don't know. I, I don't see that as the answer. I, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick at this point. I mean, we're going to get this every week, especially of course. after a Dolphins loss. So uh, I guess the Dolphins I could put up 42 to- points this weekend and we would still hear two a time. Yeah, but but especially after a loss, we're going to get that every time. But. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, look, I, at this point, I I believe that he gives the Dolphins the best chance to win. The Dolphins clearly believe that he gives them the best chance to win right now. Uh, you can make your argument as far as whether that should be the deciding factor, but if your if your argument right now is that they have a better chance of winning with Tua, then. I think that's kind of wishful thinking at this point. It's not really based on any kind of reality because the, look, there, first off, there's more to it than just, than just, you know, to his physical abilities. He's got to get a grasp of the offense. He has to know where, where all these guys are going to be. He has to learn the speed of the game. There's so many nuances to the quarterback position at this level that he hasn't had to deal with. And he's there in practice every week. The beat reporter saw him in practice, uh, in training camp. There wasn't anything that, 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 stood out to them that said like, Hey, Tua is, is definitely the guy he's ready to take this over. Clearly look, everybody likes Tua. Everybody wants Tua to be the guy and everybody expects that he will be the guy, but maybe not this year, but at some point he will be the guy. There's just no reason to rush him. I agree with that completely. There's, there's no reason to rush it now, but maybe he's saying Tua time because Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be destroyed by the Buffalo defensive front. Then, I, I, yeah, I mean that's certainly that's certainly possible. That would be bad news for the Dolphins' offensive line. Uh, I I would say the two things that I'm looking forward to the most in this game are we're going to find out a lot more about the Dolphins' offensive line, and we're going to find out a lot more about the Dolphins' secondary because. I don't think those two groups got tested a lot in week one. So we're going to find out a lot more about them. And then the third thing is we're going to find out about this Dolphins defensive front and this run defense in general, how it bounces back and can they show the improvement? I think that we're going to see that improvement, but I still think the Dolphins lose the game because I just think at a certain point, the better team is is going to win out, and that's Buffalo. But I think if there's a chance for the Dolphins to win this game, I think it is th- the Dolphins' defense doing a decent job of stopping the run and this secondary really uh, making some plays, uh, turning Josh Allen over, and who knows, maybe even converting some points from defense. 
Well, we're going to see. We're going to see. Should we talk about our picks for everybody? For uh, We've got a handful of uh, games from the Dolphins staff picks that we're going to talk about. Um, so as, as we mentioned the standings, I'll recap them again for you. Me and Tom, five and three, first week. Aaron and Big E went three and five, and Mike went two and six in the opening week. Again, as a reminder, we pick every game in the NFL. We pick it straight up, not against the spread. And the only games that count towards the standings are games where there are differences of opinion. So there are there are not many of those this week. Last week there were eight. This week I think there's only five. For first, the Denver Broncos at Pittsburgh Steelers. Everybody taking Pittsburgh with the exception of Big E, who has gone out on a limb and likes the Denver Broncos to get a win on the road against the Stillers. Uh, next up, we've got the Los Angeles Rams at Philadelphia Eagles. Everybody here likes the Rams, except for the Brain, who likes Philadelphia Eagles to get the win after they blew that lead against Washington last week. Next up, we have the Bills at Dolphins. Mike and Tom both sticking with the home team Miami Dolphins. And believe it or not, Big E picking the Bills, picking against the Dolphins, which is a surprise from Big E because he's usually uh, very positive about the Dolphins, but he doesn't apparently see uh, things going well this weekend. And finally, the Atlanta Falcons at Dallas Cowboys. Mike, Big E, Brain, and me all picking the Cowboys to get the win at home, but Tom going out on a limb. He predicts the Atlanta Falcons going to get a big win on the road in Big D. Those are the Dolphins Talk staff picks. We are still in the process of trying to figure out what the prize is going to be for the winner. Uh, There have been some ideas bandied about, but uh, we haven't made a decision yet. So if you have an idea, whether it's a serious idea, whether it's a, a funny idea, tweet at us at same old Dolphins, at Amplified to Rock, at A.A. Ron, the brain. And let us know what you think the the prize should be, and we uh, we'll have a conversation, and eventually we'll figure it out. There is we have a sort of Dolphins Talk staff uh, direct DM thread on Twitter, and we're sort of going back and forth talking about the various things that that could be possibilities, and uh, some I'm not going to share with you at this point in time, but maybe we'll let you know what some of those things are later. Uh, Brain, anything else? Anything else you want to say before we go into this game against Buffalo? Uh, no, I think I pretty much said it all. I, I Again, I'm just... The the excitement here comes from just learning more about this team, um, and that's going to be something that is the case really all season long. It's just... Look... Uh, Obviously, we want the Dolphins to win. We want the Dolphins to do well, and we want them to to be making a push for the playoffs come the end of the season and and make the season more exciting. But again, uh, really, the the fun in this thing is really projecting what the Dolphins are going to look like, uh, you know, at the end of the season, but not, but even more so next season and the year after. And so, th- after such a foundational off season. Uh, it's really exciting to watch the growth of the young players on the team as well as the way they gel with the, the other players that are brought in. So it's, it's about seeing the progress. And there's certainly a lot of progress that needs to be made after that week one matchup. So I'm excited to see what the product looks like this week. And it's a home opener. So, and, and there's going to be fans at the Hard Rock Stadium. So uh, that, that's going to be... 13,000 masked Miami <laughs> Dolphin fans. It's going to be interesting to see what that looks like and what it sounds like. Like, are they going to pump crowd noise in? Or are they, are they going to say, yeah, we got 13,000 fans. Let's let's go natural with it. We'll, we'll see. You know, the Dolphin... I think the new way that they've sort of created that building with the roof means that those 13,000 people that could be amplified pretty well by that sound getting caught up uh, underneath that roof but will but will they be amplified to rock no there's only one there's only one Um, as I said as I said before it's I, I, I like to compare this to uh to playing poker right obviously you want to win but 
when you're measuring the way that you play a hand in poker, you it, you can't necessarily be results oriented. Oftentimes in poker, you'll play a hand really, really well and lose. And sometimes you'll play a hand really, really badly and win. So right now, it's not ultimately about results for the Miami Dolphins. Yes, obviously you want to win football games, but more importantly is are these players developing, uh, developing and is the talent developing on the field? Are they gelling? Are they meshing? Are they playing well together? And if those things are happening, even if the Dolphins lose this game, as long as they continue to play well and improve and work and work on whatever it is that they need to work on, the results will come, and eventually they will. So right now, the focus needs to be on those individual improvements and watching the team gel and grow to be a real competitor. So that's that's what we're looking for at this point in time. And of course, eventually we get to the point where, okay, now it's put up or shut up time, win some football games. We're not quite there yet. But we'll see. Maybe the Dolphins take on the Bills. And come up with a big win. Either way, once this game is over, the brand and I will be back to talk about the game and give our reaction to it. And it'll be right here on the Same Old Dolphin Show. As a reminder, we're on Twitter at Same Old Dolphins. We're at Facebook.com slash Same Old Dolphins. Download, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Find us on Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you can find podcasts. If we're not there on a platform that you like to use, let us know. We'll see what we can do to address it. And finally, make sure you're visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day. It is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. That's going to wrap us up for this episode of the Same Old Dolphin Show. We'll see you after the game on Sunday. In the meantime, take care of yourselves and each other. We will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Miami's got the Dolphins, the greatest of all teams. We take the ball from goal.